Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm Bianca. And I'm Shawnee. And you're listening to Mindful BS. A weekly discussion about how we mindfully navigate through life's BS. The major, the minor, and everything in between. So you ready? Let's do it. Welcome back to another week of your favorite podcast, Mindful BS. I'm Shawnee. And I'm Bianca. And we are back with a very special episode, you guys. I know Bianca's tired of me, but I've literally been talking about how excited I am for today's episode for days. She really has days. <laughs> you <understand. laughs> Look, you can already tell I'm working her nerves. Um, <laughs> and we will get into what is making this episode so special in a moment. But before we get there, how have you been? How's your week been? My week was good. You know, after my last birthday, I really feel a significant shift in like energy and things and my feelings around me. And the one thing that I really noticed is how important just like peace and sleep are to me. Like I just be needing my peace so bad and I be needing my sleep. Like I will gladly just get off work to sleep or like <laughs> look forward to the weekend just so that I can sleep consecutively for hours and it's just like I don't know when I got this way but my body be feeling so much more appreciative of me taking the time out to really rest and I know we always talk about resting and getting it and how important it is but I feel like I'm really feeling the difference the significant difference that I feel once I'm rested versus not rested. And that's not even just like physically, mentally too. Like mm-hmm. after, I got a, a I got a lot of projects that's coming up and it feels overwhelming. And I'm just really trying to ask myself like how I'm gonna structure, you know, my days to make sure that it's not overwhelming and to make sure that I'm not mentally driving myself crazy either. So that's just where I've been at this week. I love that. Yes. Rest is so important. And you're right. It's actually scientifically proven that sleep does improve your overall mood, helps reduce stress. It actually makes people, what people don't realize is you're actually more productive when you're well rested. You yeah. know what I mean? So you make sure y'all take some time to rest. Yeah. Um, My week. I don't even know where to start. Maybe. Okay. So my weekly recap is going to be more of like bullet points. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> number one this week, I feel like I realized I'm just such a hopeless romantic and it actually really disgusts me to say that out loud, but I just like all of the little cutes stuff that you see in movies, which is really horrible because we know life and relationships and all of that stuff it does not happen like it does in the movies all the time but you can't have moments and I'm realizing this week that I am a hopeless romantic and I'm just gonna embrace it okay I'm gonna stop fighting you know yeah love it yeah so that was number one number two guys I want to share something with you guys but you have to promise me that 
you won't judge me because I'm really opening up right now and being super, super vulnerable. And what I want to share is that for the past two weeks, I've been eating Subway. I know, I know, I know, (laughs) I know. But yes, I have been eating Subway. It has had me in a chokehold. I can't stay away from the freshly baked bread and all of, you know, the nice, cold, fresh goodness that are Subway vegetables. I can't stay away. I'm trying out. I, I, I don't know what happened. I feel like we've been conditioned to when you think of Subway, be like, mm, is that even real? Me? Like, What's going on there? But you guys, it's been so good. It's been delicious. It's been a nice change of pace from the normal, you know, fast food or fast casual restaurant. So all I'm going to say is if you haven't been to Subway in a minute, just check them out. Just get a six inch. Or if you don't even want all the bread, they now have like these like wrap type situations. I don't know what it's called exactly, but even get the wrap. It's so good. And just trust me. Just trust me on that one. Yeah. Also, be mindful that if you haven't had Subway in a while, the prices have went up. Okay. Baby, <laughs> so much for five, so, five dollars. Yeah. No, no, check that because after Shiny had her revelation, you know, I ain't been this way in a minute. Y'all know how we do, so I pulled up with Bree. Hey, $22. Just us. And I'm like, oh, baby, what happened to the five dollar foot? Well, no, they're definitely not five dollars, <laughs> they're definitely more like. 10 low-key if you get one of the classic subs that we are aware of but they even have a whole bunch of new combinations of like sub sandwiches the menu yeah Mm -hmm. you guys just trust us on this okay what i will say is did you and brie enjoy what y'all had we did and y'all know brie a picky eater so she got her a little uh half a you know six inch steak and cheese and she was feeling it see trust mm-hmm. us on this one you guys and we're not saying make it a part of your everyday routine like i did these past two weeks but just give them a try and let us know what y'all think yeah the last and final thing that i want to bring up about my week which i posted about this online to my close friends but i also had a revelation this week that for some reason when we get into like grind mode or we're focused on you know accomplishing different goals or seeing things through I realize it's a natural response to kind of start shutting people out of our lives you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. because in our heads it's like I gotta do this I gotta do this for me ain't nobody gonna help me I gotta focus tunnel vision and all or whatever you know people say but I just want to remind everyone that the right people in your life, they are not distractions or they do not slow down your progress. The right people in your life will actually help multiply your blessings or will provide you with resources or the mental and spiritual and emotional encouragement that you will need to actually push through and to overcome some of the obstacles. So just want to throw that out there as a reminder, like be very careful about shutting out or pushing away people that genuinely care about seeing you win and seeing you succeed because it's easy to become so focused on you that you do kind of shut people out and at the end of the day when you get to that goal or when you accomplish whatever it is you don't want to be standing there alone and and still feeling some kind of void because the void that you were actually trying to feel outside of success was love and joy and connection you know what I'm saying so 
that's why I love love so much because no matter what I'm going through, the right people and the right time and the right interaction can really change a bitch mood. Yeah, baby, listen, okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um so with that being said those were our weeks we hope you guys had a great week but if not try again next week and we are gonna move right on along Ah! to the best part of the show okay now i will say this we typically follow a format but today we are swapping things up just a little bit um but if you are interested in hearing our you know tv and movie recommendations and pop culture just sit tight because it will come after beating of the minds today that's right okay so today you guys we are joined by a very 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 special guest as we mentioned me and bianca are so pumped for this conversation um, because this week we are joined by someone that's very special she's a producer a curator in my opinion a tastemaker and really honestly just a true beacon of light so welcome to the podcast, Amber Jewel. <laughs> Thank you both for having me. Like, I was very shocked when Bianca asked me to jump on. I was like, me? Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was so sweet. Of course. I think both Bianca and I can admit that we often talk about, you know, how everyone has like those social media follows where that person is like your friend in your head. And when you see their content, it can inspire you, encourage you. It makes you laugh or, you know, something along those lines. And you are definitely that girl for us. So (laughs) that's why we wanted to have you on. Because like Shani said in Amber's introduction, she always just it's so full of light. Like when I go to her page, I feel good. Like if I stop oh. by and go through her story, it's always something motivational in there. She always giving us, you know, look variety content. I'm at work, <laughs> but look at this look though. But look how cute my nails is. But I can get in them and trying to work out and stuff. Like she gives you what you want to see when you go to your social media. So good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because really, I be busy I be tired so when I do pop and post stuff it really be just like this is not that curated <laughs> but hey this is, this is where we're at today so, <laughs> so we, of course so one of the reasons why we wanted to have Amber on is we love highlighting um, and amplifying voices especially of young women of color who are really finding success in their field or defining their own path and what they want their lives to look like. And in a recent study that I came across by the Center Study for Women in TV and Film, they actually found that the percentage of women working as directors, writers, producers, executive producers, editors, all of those roles has only increased 7% in the last 24 years. Um, So in 2022, they said that the percentage of women in those type of roles was only 24%. And that was actually a decline from 2021, because 2021, it was 25%. So before we get into that specifically, first, let's let the people know a little bit more about who you are. And then I would love to kind of talk more about what you do and how special and unique it honestly still is for women to work in production. Yes. Thank you. Where do I begin? So for one, like when I was younger, like I always was intrigued with storytelling. Um, Y'all know like with music videos, MTV Jams, 106 and Park, like I would set my grandmother's 
video recorder to like record the videos while I'm at school so that like, I can come home and like watch all the music videos because that like really blew my mind like just the video production back in the day um I feel like a few of them now are still giving us like those making the video vibes so just always been in love with storytelling um always just loved artistry and like artistry and other people like whether they're writers or actors or singers like just really loving that space um so when I was in high school and it was like time to start you know wondering what I want to go to school for I'm like okay I'm not sure if I really want to go out of state yet so I'm just go locally to Kent State love their fashion program so I'm like let me just do that because like you know, that's where I can still be creative and still, you know, just understand like what it is that I really want to do. I don't know. I didn't want to do anything like nursing or be, I didn't want to be a teacher at one point, but I just knew I wanted to do something just creative, like just where I could just create every day. So that's where that like really started and kicked off for me, like when I went to college. And then after school, you know, like once you finish school, especially when you're someone who's been like school has been the primary focus since you were a child, being in like honor classes, like, okay, let me go to college. Like when it ends, it's like, what do I do with my hands now? Mm-hmm. Especially when you didn't go to school for something um that is expected, like going to school for nursing, going to school for a teacher, just going to school for things that just have like clear direct direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so after college, I was in that weird space of like, okay, the things that I'm interested in, there really isn't a play by book to like really guide me into that. So that's where I just, you know, just started connecting with like just local creators in the city. Um, I threw a a brunch one year where I just got together like some of the curators, uh, tastemakers in the city that were all women, like my friend Nicole um knickknack who's a dj like she helped me put that together and then later on i put together a showcase like with other local artists like i just really wanted to create spaces where people can just get up and just express who they are Mm -hmm. um so that's what kind of led me to moving out to la um was just because i just wanted to be in a bigger arena and space um but then also in a place where i could still learn and soak in that energy so that's kind of like the backstory to like me getting here um and me just starting this journey of producing okay so when you decided to make the big leap to LA Mm because Cleveland LA that's like that's a leap like was it something that you felt like okay I really just need to think about this or I really want to sit on this or was it something that you just felt like no this is something that I need to do for me as I want to continue to grow it was it was the latter part and it's so I'm a Pisces so and I know (laughs) your baby's a Pisces so I'm like I understand so we it's so like we know what we want but like the things that we want is very abstract at times so it's kind of like people don't always understand like when we say like this is what we want to do and it's not like they're like oh don't do it but it's just like okay you know like it's just <laughs> okay like I'm, I'm like, cool. so me moving to LA like if you ask my mom my dad it was lit I, I don't think I told him I was moving till probably like six months what, what? 
I feel like it was, yeah. Because, you know, I when you when you want to do something major like that, you want to talk to the people closest to you. Mm-hmm. But then it's also too like having to understand that everybody may not understand what it is that you're trying to do. So they could say things that is not to derail you, but it can, you know, throw you off your game if you do ask, you know, ask too many people, like what's their opinion? So I really kept it close to myself. Um didn't have any money saved up. I was working at where was I working at? I was working at the call center at Cleveland Clinic. So at that time, that was like my first nine to five job after college. So I didn't know that we were getting like a 401k. Like I didn't know that it was money accumulating, like mm. money accumulating. So I was like, all right, me and my um best friend, one of my best friends, Carly, we worked at the same spot in the same department. We're like, hey, we about to just go. Like, you know, she had family that had just moved out there. I don't even know where the conversation came. Like, okay, we're about to just do it. But we were like, we about to move to LA. Like, shit, we we not married. We ain't got no kids. Like, it's just us. Like, we could just go. So didn't have any money saved. Um, but like I said, I didn't know that this 401 thing was a thing. So when I quit my job, I took that money out. So it was like maybe 3K that I was able to like pull out. And that was my money to get me to LA. And we drove across the country, like packed up our cars. She packed up her car, I packed up my car, and we drove our shit across the country whoa crazy talk about a risk because obviously that's a big move it's across the country but we also we're all we know living expenses quality cost of living in LA versus Ohio it's completely different so were you afraid because that's a big risk like that's a big move to bet on yourself and take at any point did you have any fear or doubt and if you did how did you silence that um I did. So it was okay, yeah, we're moving, we're moving. We were, we would go out there like I think we went out there like two times before we actually did move. Um the second time we did and we just started looking around at other places, like just looking scoping the area out of where we wanted to go. But honestly, because I wasn't like being so vocal about it, I didn't have any fear. I don't mm. think it didn't become real until I like told my mom and my dad and it was like I had to stand on that shit, you know, like them asking all the questions and I didn't have all the answers, but I had to stand on me not having those answers. Like I, I'm just figure it out. You know, like if I got to struggle a few months, if I got to do multiple, get multiple jobs, I'm going to do what I got to do because something is calling me there. Like mm-hmm. something is calling me there and I, I have to go. Um, and my boyfriend, the my boyfriend at the time, his mom, I was talking to her about it. And I was like, yeah, if I had a struggle, I'm a struggle. Like, I was prepared to just get it, like, you know, do what I got to do. And she was like, you know, you're not going to struggle. Like, everything is going to be okay. And you're not going to struggle. Like, you're not going to struggle. And when I say I did not struggle, like, in a, like you know, like, when it comes to, like, getting a job and having money, like, I didn't struggle in that aspect. You do have those moments where, like, you do miss home and it can be very like, you know, just daunting. Like you're in a new space, new environment. So those were kind of like the struggles I went through. But as far as like a job and making sure my car note and my rent was paid, it was paid. Like I kept it paid. So it was really just faith, like, and me just going. Cause I will say like that week before I was like, 
shit, like, I'm really about to do this. Like, it's real. Like, I done told all these people, like, I can't turn back now. Like, it is what it is. Like, we're going. Like, I'm on the highway. Like, I'm not going back. Like, this is not a six-hour drive to Chicago. No, baby. I'm about to see new planes and new lands. Like, so, yeah, it was just, it was just faith and just jumping on that risk and just going for it and me moving out here. So how long have you been out there now? Um, I moved out here in 2017. Um, yeah, yeah, I moved out here in 2017. When the pandemic happened, I did come back home for like 10 months because I was able to work remotely, but now I'm back out here. So that's amazing. And now that you're out there, you work at a pretty successful independent creative agency that produces and curates all types of content and immersive experiences. What does that work mean to you? And like, how did you even get your foot at the door being that you kind of made that change with, you know, like you said, no real guide or plan to follow? Yeah. So when I first moved out here, the company that I'm at now, it was on my, like, they were on my radar. Like, I'm like, what are they doing? Like, it looks amazing. At the time, I really didn't understand. Like, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that it just, from the outside looking in, it's dope. And I'm very intrigued. So when I first moved out here, um, that was not what I, I wasn't doing what I was doing. I was working at a production company um, that was more so on the film and, like, video side of it. Um, so that was like really preparing me like understanding like the background when it comes to producing things even though it's not events where I'm at now it was still in that production realm so like understanding timelines understanding storyline um understanding scheduling and stuff like that so that really I think helped me get to where I'm at now but then also to just networking and just staying true to who I am I feel like um it's also the other half of it. Like when they say like, it's not what you know, it's who you know, like that stuff really, it goes twofold because if you know what you know and then you know who you know, it's just uh, a perfect, Can't, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just the chef's kiss, you know? Yeah. Like you still got to do the work and put the work in and always still like main, remain true to who you are. So I feel like my experiences at my first job that when I first moved out here really um, prepared me to like be at this company now. I think that's awesome because a lot of times when you're breaking into any career field, you do have experiences that become the foundation for you to really build off of. It seems to be like a lot of women that work there, um, which seems so unique to me in that industry. So what is that like, like working with so many women who are passionate about the same thing that you are in creating these experiences? It is amazing. Um, And it's very inspiring. Um, I feel like just in any industry, like, you don't see a lot of women. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't. And even, like, in a lot of, like, leaderships, you don't see a lot of women. So it is exciting and inspiring. Because, like, from the first company I was at, I was the only person of color. I was the only Black person. And I was the only woman at a certain time. So, (laughs) you know, it was, yeah. And the, the experience, you know, I didn't have any like bad experience, like, you know, working there, but it is being in that space, those type of spaces, it is, it is different, you know? Um, So being able to be around like just 
women that are just very talented and very knowledgeable, um, it's amazing. And I just feel like in any career, any industry, any job, your voice is just very, very vital. And I feel like no matter where you are, just being able to vocalize what you want, what you stand for, your point of view, like that is very, very like important. So I feel like that's just something that I've just been able to like really soak in and, you know, gain that, that experience and that knowledge. I agree with that. And it seemed like, so you seem like you have like pretty good experiences with your transition into your career. Do you, I know there had to be some kind of challenges though that you experienced though. And what do you think was like the major one that you like took away and grew from and just helped you with where you are today? I think, and I always feel like just your personal your personal life and your professional life goes hand in hand because things from your personal life can very much bleed into how you react and handle things professionally. So I feel like throughout my whole like job and career journey, just my voice, like vocalizing, like, okay, Hey, I'm not aligned with this. Like I'm not okay with this. And here's why. Mm -hmm. So I think, in certain situations where you have to like just say, hey, no, this isn't right or that's wrong or actually we should do this, like really standing on what it is that you want to say. Um, I think some of my hardships or things that I had to work through is not getting things right all the time. Like, you know, understanding like on your first day at the job, regardless of this is what you've been doing, this is still your first day here. So you're not going to know everything and you shouldn't expect to know everything. So don't put that pressure on you to know it all because that's going to just keep you in this rut of like overthinking and not making right decisions because you're trying to do it the right way, the right time. And it's like, be realistic, <laughs> like don't know what you don't know and just ask questions. Like that is one thing that's like, I'm going to ask questions and I don't care if I'm annoying. If you want me to do this right and if you want me to clearly like understand what you're saying, I'm going to ask you questions. So. <laughs> and no. if I get it wrong, it's okay to get things wrong, but the problem solving. Um, like my old boss, when I worked at the production company, he was from the military. So his way of like, don't come with me with a problem, come with me with a solution, like stuck with me. And it sticks to me to this day because your problem solving skills is just important in any job and in any in life, like problem solving. I think that's amazing and great advice um, because we do have a tendency just as human beings that when there's an issue, sometimes we can get stuck in there being a problem that we lose focus to really redirect that energy into finding the solution or figuring it out. And, you know, sometimes it can be tough. So I love I love that piece of advice because it's uh, the like that part like repositioning your thoughts and your mind like when a problem occurs because you know in any job things can hit the fan you know and in production it's always going to be something I was <laughs> like, like yeah, that sounds like one of them jobs where it could be anything at any time and you just gotta be like okay time, it's like, okay like what are we doing today like what is yeah. happening today um but really just not being like that paralyzing stuck feeling of like uh what do I do? It's like 
just quickly shift and let's quickly solve the problem yeah. for the next five <laughs> One thing I did want to ask, because I know that outside looking in, sometimes we we have one perception of what it might be like working in a specific industry. But if you had to pick one, what would you say is the most common misconception about working in production or event planning, event care? Uh-oh, that thing's... Um, it's, you know, the behind the scenes, like when um, I produced and directed, like, a few a couple video a couple couple music videos a couple shorts um and then also to like even just planning events on my own it's not all glitz and glam like <laughs> it's so funny because like I will find myself in these spaces to like if I was a consumer yes but like working it I'm just like looking at the clock like okay <laughs> like it's seven up since six and it's 2 a.m. Like I'm ready to go to bed. So Goodness. that is like, it's, it's work. Like it's, it's work. And I think sometimes I have to like really remind myself like Amber, like this is something cool. This is something fun, but it's also still like very time for some. You know, it is not just like parties or just, it's, it's not, it's not like that all the time. No, because <laughs> no. it's, it's work and it's, it's tiring and, it can be long nights for sure. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you cleared that right. up. No, for I think the aching sometimes. Like I remember after one night, I was like, "Wow, like can I even walk?" Because like, <laughs> you're just, like, you're, like you're just on your feet, and so that is. I think that's probably the if that is a misconception, but it is very tiring. <laughs> no, I definitely think it is because you know, like I said, I follow um the company on social media and sometimes I see the finished product. I'm like, oh my gosh, that has to be so cool. And I'm sure <laughs> it's still cool, but I love that you provided that insight because you know when you see a finished product, you don't think about how much time, effort, planning, and work really went into the project to make it what we see at the end, you know, and it sounds like a lot. <laughs> But it is a it's an amazing feeling. Just like with anything, like anything that you are creating, producing, like going through the process of it, it is it can be hard. It's hard, mm-hmm. but it is like that amazing feeling, like when it's like you step back and it's it's done, it's completed. Like that is very rewarding. That is the best. And I, and I know, yeah, like yeah, and I know, like Bianca, with you and you know writing your books, like in that process. But then when it's done, it's like yes. Yeah. Yes, when it's done, it definitely feels <laughs> like, look at this. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, you got a story to tell, you know, that, that you is. can sit back and laugh on. So, yeah. I just think that's funny because growing up, I, I too was into like stories. Like I wanted to tell stories all the time and I wanted to do like, you know, create things. And it was also important for me to have a job um, where I was able to be creative but I didn't leave school with that mindset I left school with the mindset like okay girl you got this degree you better get into this stable job you better get into this career with this company that you gonna stay at and retire but it took me a couple years to get to the point where I felt like no I should really be trying to do something that like makes me internally happy that's connected to something that I've always wanted to do not just what's in my ear about how I'm about to make money. So mm-hmm. I just admire the fact that you 
knew like, yeah, I went to school fashion. Like I don't have like no traditional path, but I know that I'm about to do something and this is what I'm about to do. So I just admire that mindset. Thank you. Yeah. And it's still so many more things that I want to do. And I just feel like, you know, we, we know what it is that makes our hearts like smile. You know, yeah. we all, we know what it is from the time we're young. But like you said, like we grow up and then society and people like, you know, you got to get this job or, you know, you got really sort of like dim your light. But I feel like if it's something that just is always reoccurring to you, no matter what it is, no matter where you are, if it's just like continuously coming to you, that yeah. is something to act on, like mm-hmm. to act on. Whether it's a small act, a large act, just just act on it because we're not having those reoccurring thoughts and feelings, you know, for just for any reason, which is why I had to move out here to L.A. And when I moved back home during the pandemic, I'm like, I'm not staying here long. <laughs> like, I'm just <laughs> here because the world is in chaos and I want to be close to my family, but... I am moving back home and I mean, I'm moving back to LA, which is my home now. So, and yeah. That is so inspiring. You actually inspire me in so many ways because I feel like I've been actually sitting on something that I necessarily haven't acted on, but to hear your experience and how, like I said, you really just bet on yourself and with, you know, faith, it worked out. I love that. Um, And one thing I wanted to bring up is that I noticed that you recently collaborated with Self Love Club. You've done curated stuff for them in the past, which for those that aren't aware, Self Love Club is a like mental health organization based in Cleveland, Ohio, that advocates for mental health awareness and really just like a really supportive um, group or organization. And you actually uh, lended your voice for one of their inspirational messages recently. So I wanted to ask because, a big part of your presence online to me is just how you, like I said earlier, are a beacon of light and try to uplift other people around you. So how important is engaging, you know, and putting out stuff that is uplifting and encouraging for you? It is very important. Thank you so much, Shani, because that really, if it's not I can't do fake shit. Like, just to the point. You know, like, I cannot. And I'm very sensitive. I don't say sensitive. I'm very just selective to, en- like, just energy and vibes. And if my energy and vibe is right. So, because I always just feel like how you approach things and that energy that you are is what you're going to receive back. So, like, that is very important to me, like really connecting with other like-minded people that are authentic and just doing good and wanting to do good and not do harm because that's really like is my purpose and what really like lights my heart up is just being authentic, <laughs> like mm. being authentic and whatever that is, you know, um, So I really love partnering with the self-love club for that reason, because what they stand for is just everything that I believe in. And that's just how I am with with spending my money. You know, like if your energy is off, if your message is weird, I don't know if I could really engage for me. Um, But yeah, I really do love partnering with the self-love club and just being with things that just are aligned, like Mindful BS podcast. Like, thank you. Like it's stuff like this 
that we need more of. And I always just feel like people who it's for, they're going to find, it's going to reach their ears. Mm. So, so, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Me too. I love that. And um, I feel like that's a good place to almost leave off at too, because to your point, it's all about listening to your intuition, that voice, those reoccurring thoughts that come in your head and just making sure you're in alignment. And I think you're an amazing example of when you are in tune with yourself and operating from a space of like love and positivity, how things like your step, like your steps are literally ordered for you. And I think it allows you to navigate life with so much more ease, you know, when you're not constantly almost battling yourself or, you know, being like a bad person. Bad, I, don't, I believe in karma. So when you, you know, no, true. Because life is like shit is hard. Like everybody goes, everybody is dealing with shit. Yeah. And you don't know what the next person is dealing with, no matter how big or how small. Um, but I but just staying true to who you are will really just make make those punches hit a lot softer. You know, it'll be able to roll yeah. off a little bit just when you are not operating from a place of trying to prove anything to anybody or trying to make anybody smell like you're really just moving off a place for you and that makes you feel good that's not causing any harm to anybody else like yeah so true about that like yeah just got to move authentically and and be aligned and have integrity with what you, what you do you know yeah well you and that's why I feel like I feel like I've been very in a hermit stage like just with my own personal like curation so I'm like hearing that you guys like can still go to my page and you still feel some type of inspiration like that makes me feel so good because I feel like I've been in such just this very hermit stage of my life girl um, the light is still shining right the light is still shining <laughs> that's what I wanted to say the last thing I wanted to say was of course you wasn't gonna have no struggle because once you are you're living in your path this is what you were supposed to do and I feel like that's why I gotta make sure you ain't had no struggle making that expensive move to LA that's why your car note was always paying your rent was gonna be paid and you was always gonna be cool because you just give back to the universe what it's about to give back to you so that's why yes <laughs> this fit me after like, I'm like, <laughs> like yes I, it's the, it got some booty shorts with it that's why she's all out girl but yeah, it's my favorite i'm in the house i'm trying to be comfy and cute look <laughs> I got a little bit similar to <laughs> Oh my goodness. So before we close it out, um, you've already dropped so many gems, honestly, and gave so many inspiring messages. But before we close out, if there was one final thing that you could say to anybody listening to this in this moment, what would it be? It would be just go for it. Like, just do it because you know, life is, life is short, but life is meant to be lived. Yeah. And, you know, we do not have any time to be living a life that we do not love. Um, So just do what makes you happy. Like, please, <laughs> like, yeah, just please do what makes you happy, you know, and just go for it. That's all I can say. And move with love, like move with love. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> love that. Oh, well, 
thank you again for joining us today, thank Amber you. Jewel. It's been I such a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. I would love to be back on. Talk of to course. Me. I was ready to go talk about Potomac, y'all, but. Oh, uh, well, okay. maybe we, we can't can. even talk about Potomac this week for real, for real. But you know what? We might come back and do like a, a, a reality TV cap or something like a midweek. And we okay. invite you on. Know that, that, yeah. that would be better anyway, because you know, the last episode of the reunion airs Air tonight. tonight yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. we can talk about that too. And Amber, you probably yeah. don't, but do you watch Vanderpump Rules? I don't. I have Girl, okay. Are they bringing that like. I'm out. She's invested. I'm out, here, I'm out here looking for somebody who mine is just as blown as me, girl, because they got some real scandals going on. <laughs> but I know that ain't really people genre, but I'm telling you. Girl, she called me like not too bad. Not too bad. She called me like, did you hear what happened with Tom and Tom? I don't know who these people are. I'm trying to make her remember stuff from when I didn't just have her watching in the background. I'm like, remember that one time when they was? No, um, I don't. Oh my, <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank y'all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, so you guys, we're going to take a quick ad break and then we will continue with the rest of the show. Yeah, so let's just get right into TV. But before we get into t- the actual shows, I want to talk about what's been going on behind the shows because Andy was collecting the checks this weekend, okay? He already know the ratings for next season are going to be through the roof because there's been actual breaking news on major platforms of each of the shows. But I know y'all not really know Vanderpump Rule fans, and I get it. Now, you know, that was one of them shows, you know, at one point I was just really into Lisa Vanderpump and she had a spinoff show and they I got sucked in. And y'all know when I began sucked in the show, sometimes it just be a little harder for me to break away. <laughs> Vanderpump Rules, that's one of those guilty further shows that I still be watching. Anyway, I'm bringing it up because they have a cheating scandal on there going on in real time that's so big and I don't even be invested in cheating scandals like this but this one is so layered and so boom and so out of out of whack that I can't help but just be (laughs) wondering what's going on next like okay so basically to get to some of that real quick all of these people used to work at um Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant sir so they're waitresses, but they was all like models and, you know, basically trying to make it friend group, typical. It's a whole bunch of couples in the friend group. Now, the two main, the two couples that were on there the longest were Katie and Tom Swartz. Katie and Tom Swartz were together a total of 12 years, but they was only married for two. Tom, Sanderbaugh, and Ariana, they have not been married. They but but they have been together for 10 years. One of the things in their relationship was Tom wanted to get married, but Ariana didn't for real. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so then there was Raquel and James. Raquel was this sweet pageant queen girl from a small town, you know, coming to make it, trying to model. She ended up with James. James was a jerk asshole. Nobody could understand, like, why they was together. It was one of them bad boy, good girl type situations. 
anyway, last season they got engaged. It was all uh, boom, fireworks. Raquel found out James was cheating on her. Engagement was over. She was heartbroken. Everybody was like, oh, poor Raquel. So fast forward to this season, it just started. Um, they got the they engagement got called off. Katie and Tom got divorced. Oh wow! Yeah, so like every you know, this supposed to be like you know her hot girl summer whatever situation. So right off the gate, Raquel is not the same Raquel that's been on this show because she been on the show playing the very innocent, doty, nice girl Raquel. Girl, even on the first couple episodes, she didn't telling Katie, the one that's recently divorced, like, actually, I do got a crush on your husband. And actually, I will, I would entertain hooking up with him. How you gonna say that to somebody about their ex-husband? Katie made it very clear to her that that was not okay and that she would not be okay. Tom is her ex-husband. The Toms are best friends, like that, like super best friends. Like they, the first time his marriage was over, basically because he put in so much time and effort in his relationships and projects that he had going on with Tom. Oh wow! So during this season, we even see like Raquel asking Tom Swords, like, do you want to make out with me? So we already looking at Raquel sideways anyway, because like, girl, why are you trying to hook up with your friend? Y'all not like the best of friends, but y'all in the same circle, essentially. Why are you trying to hook up with her ex-husband? And then yesterday it came out that she actually having a full-blown affair with the other Tom, the Tom that's been married, oh. I mean, that's not married. So for the last seven months, him and his woman have been together for 10 years. Him and his girlfriend, Ariana, and the girl, Raquel, are friends. Like, she actually, like, was one of the only people who, like, welcomed her when she first got here. Raquel had a got a bad nose job they was selling they was selling feet pictures to like help her pay to raise money no shut up you are girl like no. no i'm not like they was no. doing all of, no no i'm trying to I, and i'm saying that because like you my friend if i'm fucking selling pictures of my feet on the internet to try to help you come up with thirty thousand dollars you know it's just that's her friend she was staying in a house and they get to him, girl, not them hooking up while Ariana sleep. But you know what? The grandmas and the aunties used to say back in the day, you don't let no woman in your house. You don't come and let people stay with you because they say that's what happens. Yes. And then they said this has been going on for seven months, girl. They've been walking around with matching like lightning bulb necklaces without people knowing that that meant that was for their love for each other. And they not even just hooking up. Now they talking about they want to be together. Girl, and in between that, she didn't already hooked up with Giselle from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, son. The next episode is going to be with her hooking up with him. And girl, you know he married. (gasps) And when the season even started, she was already trying to date in or hooking up with her manager as sir. I, um, all I can say is this sounds really... (laughs) This sounds really messy. Oh my gosh. Listen. 
Like Raquel, baby girl, I get it. Your feelings hurt, but I feel like she just said, "Well, if I'm gonna hurt, everybody's gonna hurt." She's having her. She doing? She having her city girl moment. It's giving a city girl moment. It's giving an icy girl. She does not care. She's living her life. And I'm going to pray for her, honestly. And one of the other girls on the sh show, Sheena, that's really good friends with Ariana. Apparently, she, Raquel and them, her was on Watch What Happens Live. And, and Raquel, like, they had asked a question about, like, who... Andy was asking Sheena who's the hottest time and she's like Sheena answered like Sanderville and then she answered at the same time like Sanderville so Andy was like oh you answered too and she's like well you know and apparently she had told Sheena after they filmed the show that she was hooking up with uh the time and Sheena punched her oh my goodness Girl, and all of this, and y'all know, Bravo was like, hold on, hold on, we'll be there in 10, because their show was wrapped, and it's airing now, but now they didn't got them scheduled for two weeks of production, and they was on scene right after Ariana found out. They said, come on, let's do it, sit down at the house, let's get it rolling, and they about to add it to this current season. That seems like a very common thing that's happening more and more in reality TV, it's like, them trying to get us the content sooner how do mm -hmm. you feel about that i like it because it does like if we gotta wait six months to watch something that we heard about it's not as interesting or entertaining because like we didn't already see how it play out yeah. like everybody's all from all the comments they like you could skip whatever y'all planned on showing us for the rest of the season of Vanderpump <laughs> Rules and just hop right to real Dang, time <laughs> well I mean yeah I knew it was a big deal I don't want to watch Vanderpump Rules but I literally randomly got on Instagram and seeing people making posts about what's happening right now even like Chrissy Teigen made a post where she's like I have about 20 or 40 different group chats going they're all about Vanderpump Rules different people from different age groups like completely Yay. different lifestyles but everyone is currently invested in this debacle it's because one Vanderpump Rules is not a new show. These people have been on the show for like ten years, and time the times are like thirty five. So it's like they're literally doing the same stuff that they were doing when we first started watching the show in their twenties. Like, why are gonna, we thought y'all was progressing? You know, they had bought houses. They were investing in business ventures. So you thinking like y'all really growing and y'all really just doing the same i really don't understand yeah that's wild well another case of people that are much older and we are expecting to see growth is actually chris rock so if those that didn't know chris rock actually just had his very first um public well i won't say his very first but televised special on netflix it was their first time doing a live stand-up comedy special it was called chris rock selective outrage in which he finally addressed publicly his thoughts on the situation with will smith and all of that stuff but i do want to note that there were also uh there was a post show as well with other comedians like arsenio hall dana carvey davis bay yvonne orgy and so many more comedians which i kind of feel like completely got overshadowed because everyone is talking about his commentary on the situation that happened what feels like 
ages ago at this point. Yeah. So for those that don't know, shortly after the slap, Chris Rock did go on tour, but it was one of those comedy tours where they pretty much collect your phone and or nothing, say nothing, hear nothing. And you was just there. Yep. You were just there. Now, when that was happening, there were rumors that he was essentially testing out some jokes. One, which actually made it to the Netflix special, which was about how he jokingly said he watched Emancipation so he could see Will Smith get whooped or beat on, um, which not you know yeah um and i really don't want to get into it because honestly i'm tired of it but i do i am curious to know because i'm hearing a lot of mixed reviews some people said they found it funny but i'm going to be honest most of the people or most of the reviews that i saw people did not seem impressed one uh one person that i follow i'm not gonna say her name on here she literally posted a comedy show with no comedy what a shame (laughs) (laughs) and there are a lot of articles of people also saying that they felt like the show was a representation of someone trying to deliver comedy from a space of kind of not really being healed from the situation and that they felt that in his delivery so my question for you is what are your thoughts on the timing of the comedy special you know the fact that it was live the fact that it's kind of happening so far later you know yeah I feel like I knew about we heard about the show coming though so I feel like um the the timing of it was it was a planned um event I do feel like it is ironic though that you know people have basically moved on from the situation will is making his way back into the hollywood scene he's getting awards and stuff now and job. you know like he's getting back into the hollywood scene good graces so it is like of course around this time then this drives because you know most of those jokes those jokes were bringing it back up adding fuel back to the fire but I agree with Shani. I've heard a lot of reviews saying that, you know, it, was, it just wasn't funny. Like the situation, you know, like we we could do without. So, but I did hear some, uh, but other people did think that it was funny. So I guess it's what's for you. What's for you is going to be for you. What's not, what's not. <laughs> yeah if you guys watched it let us know what your thoughts are i have not seen yet and I'm, i don't really know if i'm going to watch it which is kind of weird like a part of me i want to just to see but again i'm I'm just really over no. just over hearing about it you know yeah. now another thing that i recently discovered on netflix two shows i'm gonna keep this very quick one is a show called triptych Um, it follows well it starts off following a a um sorry a lady named Aleda Trujano that learns that she is one of three triplets they were all separated at birth Um, and after this this surprising discovery the detective embarks on a dangerous search for clues to unravel her mysterious past now this show it is a show that takes place in like a different country I want to say it's like Spanish so you kind of got to watch it translated but you guys, if you guys can get past that, this show I thought was really good. It takes you on a, a roller coaster ride. It gets a little bit of sciency because it's like, how were they separated? How were these triplets even born? It's a very, very good watch. Another show on Netflix available to watch now is a show called The Recruit. Have you seen that before? What? The Recruit. 
I seen the advertisement for it at the top of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this with you. Well, I did recently hop into the show called The Recruit. Now, The Recruit is about a CIA lawyer that gets caught up in a dangerous game of international politics when a former asset threatens to expose the nature of her relationship with the CIA unless they clear her name. From the very first episode, I was invested. Um, so if you're into like politics, crime, you know, spies and stuff like that, you will definitely like the recruit. There's one season available now and they did. They get recently got greenlit for the second season. So there is more to come. Um, and then one, two last things. I know you like girl. That Girl Lele, y'all know I like something for the kids. That Girl Lele season two recently dropped on Netflix and me and my daughter are friends of That Girl Lele and we're really enjoying it. Why you yeah, my it? daughter really like That Girl Lele too. I I don't know. I feel like I've been just drained from all the iCarly, Sam and Cat. I like That Girl Lele, but all of those shows just irritate me when I hear them in the background. <laughs> All I hear is fucking cheesy ass quotes and lines and scenarios and they be cool for the kids, but that is not the background genre I be trying to ha- I be trying to hear. So yeah, it's cute though. It's cute. So if you have little ones, um, especially little girls, they probably will enjoy it. Me, like I said, me and my daughter really enjoyed it. And honestly. I'm just rooting for Lele because the people have really been coming for her lately. And I don't understand why. Like, they were mad at her because she had some fake nails on that they said were too long for her to be, you know, doing children's TV. Then she recently, I think, introduced Lil Baby at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. And she said, like, my man, which clearly she was playing around. They were mad at her for calling him her man. I'm just like, my girl Mm -hmm. cannot catch a break. Me and Bree watched the Kids' Choice Awards yesterday. She had me, forced me, but I thought it was interesting because I was telling Shani, like, even Lil Baby performing, I'm like, this song is not giving kids vibe. It's definitely giving a rap with a, I'm not going to say the cuss words. And then, but Shani made a good point about how, like, this what the kids really be listening to, though. And I was like, yeah, because... In my mind, I'm like, what's the kid music? Like, of course, it ain't no kid music. Like, this is what they be listening to. Yes. And even when you think about it, even when the kids listen to Kids Bop, those songs sound just like the regular songs. The only difference is, is that there are kids singing Mm -hmm. or rapping them. And they they change the words from the cuss words. So instead of saying... You know, I'm about to get effed up. They say, I'm about to turn up. But it's like, (laughs) like, it's the same thing. So, I don't know. I'm rooting for you, Lele. Just hanging there, I like you, Lele, though. You so cute. And you got that super just bubbly personality. And I just see good things for her in her future. I do, too. And one thing I will say about the season I love is after the episodes air, it's like usually like a little bit of clip of her just talking about her personal life yeah, i like that too like when she's yeah. like i like to do yoga and we now that's the part of the show i actually be getting with when yeah. she's talking about like i like to start my day doing and meditating you know just giving them introducing them to new concepts and things i like that yeah and i'm gonna be honest my daughter went through a phase where why am i getting emotional my daughter went through a phase where she just kind of kept saying she wanted like 
long hair or at one point she's like I want blonde hair and stuff like that but you know just because she watches Disney movies and cartoons and stuff and you will see a lot of times you know young white animated characters or most of the princesses you know what I mean are white or whatever and it honestly wasn't until we started watching that girl lately that she would say like no actually mommy can you give me two two buns two puffs for mm-hmm. school you know what I mean oh my gosh I love her braids like mommy can I get my hair braided so just wanted to reiterate how important representation is and I know that sometimes as parents, we look at especially kids, celebrities to be role models for our children. I think it's great that she has an impact where she can inspire kids or, you know, just remind them that how they look, especially ones that look like her, like you are beautiful like this, but stop trying to force little kids and celebrities to be role models for your children. Like if she wants to wear long nails, she can wear long nails. And as a parent, it's my job to be like, okay, girl, that's cute, but you can't do it right now. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be older or whatever, but yeah. Ooh, why did I just have that moment? Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry, girl. (laughs) It's fine. Oh, my goodness. Who am I becoming? Um, Yeah. So, the last thing that I wanted to mention um, in this segment are the Creed. Obviously, Creed 3 just came out. Have you ever watched the Creed movies? Yeah, I always thought the Creed movies were good. Okay, so I'm the only one that just watched them this past week? No, you're not the only one. I've seen a couple people tweeting about not seeing them, but for the most part, I feel like it's one of those movies that, you know, majority of us have seen. Theme. Okay. Um. So I watched both one and two the past on like Thursday, I think, and I did watch Creed 3. Now, I'm not going to spoil the movie for anybody, but what I will say is that in watching Creed 3, it just felt totally different than the other two Creed movies. Um, I almost feel like it, like if, if I'm looking at it like a trilogy, Creed 3 didn't really feel like it was part of a trilogy. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that I didn't hate the movie. I mean, I'm not saying that I didn't like the movie, excuse me. I'm not saying I didn't like the movie, but the creative direction and the storyline, it just felt different. Now, I will say that I like the storyline. There were a lot of elements that I that it made me happy to see on the big screen. Like I like that they had deaf representation, you know, with his daughter. I like the fact that we got elements of seeing a black man and a father being soft with his children. You know what I mean? And dressing up or you know playing pretend I like the the development that happened between Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Major's character where you can see black men finding their version of healing and finding a way to channel their pain into a passion um but I honestly just wish the movie could have been like 30 minutes longer so we would have got more character development in the beginning or okay i already oh, gotta check it out now i get you're giving this and all i've seen on the, the timeline is creed 3 was amazing creed 3 was a great movie creed 3 was but i haven't seen one comment like this so okay. that's what and i will say i do still think creed 
three was a great movie. I would highly recommend it if you're able to get out to the theaters to watch it that you do so. I think I think the fact that I watched the other two movies in Creed three so closely together, I think yeah. that's what really amplified this one feeling so different to me yeah. in the first two. You know what I mean? Because I had just seen them. And Sylvester Stallone is not in Creed three. Um, yeah. And I honestly, I personally did kind of miss his presence a little bit. Okay. It, it wasn't. I didn't feel like we needed to have him there, but it just felt slightly strange to me because his character was so prominent in the first and two. All the other ones, yeah. And when and when the second one ended, they did have the camera pan to his back. So a part of me thought like he was gonna be gone, but I yeah. thought they would at least tied in why he wasn't there or something in the beginning of Creed Three, and it wasn't like he just wasn't there. Gotcha. Um, but I'm not gonna say no more because I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, that'll wrap up uh, this week's <laughs> TV segment. Okay. So last week, y'all remember before I know we wrapping up TV and moving into pop culture. But last week, I was telling y'all I was watching the Murdoch Murders on Netflix. Well, this week in real life, Alex Murdoch got sentenced. Okay, he got found guilty. Okay, so I feel like I told y'all I was watching the show, but I didn't really give y'all really no background. So basically, Alex Murdoch is a lawyer. He comes from a prominent family. They're from down south. So, you know, they take that name, power, wealth, shit very seriously down there. Um, He was a part of this rich family. But then all of a sudden, like, they was always involved in some murdery shit type shit. Even before his wife and son got murdered, there was an incident with his son where he had a boating accident where he actually ended up killing one of his friends because she got thrown out the boat. Then they have another member of the family. Um, they have a his older brother was in a situation where he, he was supposed to be secretly dating. A, a classmate that also ended up they found in the middle of the road dead basically it was always all these weird things happening but what this case was about was alex shooting his wife and his son and trying to say that he wasn't at the scene of the crime but with the smoking gun in the case was was they actually had video footage on his son's phone with his voice in the background so he was actually there at the same minutes before both his wife and his son were literally executed in the yard mm. yeah um i really don't have any commentary on this but i mean i would highly recommend you check out the documentaries because the whole the whole this case as well as the cases that bianca alluded to in just the story about this family and their reputation um, within their community. The whole thing is just interesting. And to Bianca's point, I think you said it last week, it's just a reminder of how power and money really can help you escape a lot of um, consequences for the things that you've done. You know what I mean? So it's really, really yeah. interesting. 
And on top of being a murderer, he was also a thief. He was stealing millions of dollars from the mm-hmm. law firm that he was working from, from his clients. He had a drug problem that he said cost him up to $10,000 a week. Like, he, they were some wild boys, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, very, very interesting. And since we are talking about things that we mentioned last week, I did really quickly want to mention we talked about AI last week and literally shortly after our episode dropped, there was new AI technology that um, was discussed by I think Young Guru is the one who posted it, which he's someone like a studio engineer that has worked on a lot of projects for Jay-Z. And in the video he posted, there is allegedly like this AI operated voice filter that they can put over anyone's voice. And in this video specifically, they put it over the voice and it made the rapper sound exactly like Kendrick Lamar. Like it's so wild. So just wanted to bring that up because we were just talking about how quickly things are developing with AI. And it's like, now they can do voice simulations and I can just see how tricky and how weird that would be. Cause like, imagine, I don't know, imagine them getting the voice of someone popular and having them say something really, really messed up, you know, especially when we already live in an age of anything can get you canceled. And it's just really scary to me that now they can do that with your voice. And that I feel like would be even harder to prove that it's not you saying yeah, what like, it said it sounds just like you exactly you know there's no image to go off of with it so just keep your eyes open on ai and you know as more updates come out with anything that we've discussed before we'll always try to you know share you guys share with you guys and loop you in yes so speaking of technology imagine you get in your car one day you had a long week you just been discombobulated you might uh Forgot to pay your car note. You planned on it, but you didn't actually get to it. You driving to work, but your car hit a U-turn and drive to the repo. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, dead ass. No, dead ass. So Ford is like not playing. They have actually applied for this patent for this technology where the car will repo itself. <laughs> you not you don't make your payment and it ain't it's gonna start slow they gonna have increments so say you don't make your payment they like disable your air conditioner or your radio and then if that don't work you know so it's unpleasant for you to be in the car then they may lock you out the car if you don't pay and then they also say that um, they'll have things set in place, like allowing the driver to access on weekdays to the car, like if you have to go to work or making a geofence, basically saying you can only drive within these parameters. And then if all of that work and you want to make the payment, they the car going to drive itself to the lot. Oh, wow. I, so... In theory, I'm not going to say I hate this idea. And I know some of y'all think like, girl, bye. Because have you ever watched those shows back in the day where they would be doing like the repossessions? And it, yes. used, to, it used to be so escalated. You know what I mean? Like people be trying yeah. to fight. Like they do. Yeah. Like really trying to fight or harm the people who are literally just trying to do their job and repossess the vehicle. So in theory, I do like that it eliminates 
that but once again with the technology advancements like what if my car get hacked and right you know what and i mean they- like it's already self-driving so now it's just driving they d- drive me somewhere else you get what i'm saying right. like i don't like that yeah i don't like that this and then like can it censor that somebody's in the car so it won't do it while someone's in it you know what i mean like can they censor by the seats where it's like okay we can tell nobody's sitting on the seat so now we'll repossess the car you know what i mean because like if the car is in the garage i'm sure they're not gonna expect it to fly out the back of the garage without being open so i'm sure some kind of like technology in place for things like that but it's just like that's too much because then like what if it accidentally Okay, so my child would never be in the car by themselves, but it just makes me think like I feel like yeah. this it could almost be like it's kidnapping people if it doesn't censor yeah. humans in the car. You get what I'm saying? Four, y'all better be careful and think of I'm sure y'all have a team, but think of all of these things because I just feel like although the intention is right, I could see this resulting in a lot of lawsuits and other issues. Like, how you gonna turn my AC off? And my radio. <laughs> my radio, like like me out my own car. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like yeah. it. Um, they, they funny though because they know what to take the joys and pleasures to take away though. Okay. And <laughs> since we're on the topic of technology, TikTok is also thinking they about to start snatching some joys and pleasures away, specifically for users under the age of eighteen. So the company recently announced that in the coming weeks. Um, any account that belongs to a user below the age of 18 will automatically be set to a 60 minute daily screen time limit. Uh, they've been working with the Boston Children's Hospital about, you know, discovering digital wellness and trying to make sure that they help our young folks manage quality of life and not be on the screen so much. Um, and it turns out that if there are teenagers there will be an option for them to enter a passcode to continue watching more. But what it, it looks like the parents will actually have to set up that code and allow the child to watch yeah. more. So what do you think about this 60 minute limit idea? I think it's necessary. You know, as a parent, you make mistakes and you can admit to your mistakes. And I definitely feel like letting Bria be on TikTok was one of those mistakes that I made as a parent. (laughs) Um, And it's just like so hard to get her off it, like to pull her off. Like, obviously, I can be like, don't be on TikTok or you can only be like I myself can be like, you can only be on TikTok for an hour. But I do like that the TikTok is acknowledging like the kids do not be trying to get off TikTok Mm -hmm. so like I I agree I think we need to and I always be telling Bria like you better count your days because they're trying to get rid of TikTok and I you know I don't let you on TikTok a lot but you're not about to be on TikTok at all yeah I'm I'm yeah I'm actually really curious to see because I I honestly do think it's going to happen I think they're going to get rid of it and especially with you know the country dynamics currently Mm -hmm. and I just feel like once they do I know there are other platforms like YouTube has YouTube shorts we have Instagram reels but for some reason I feel like it's going to be a really tough transition for the people that low-key are daily 
you know, an avid yeah. users of TikTok. Like, I can see people really being distraught for yeah. a nice I chunk just, of time. I'm not even just talking about the kids. I don't Pe- know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, people in general would I, be distraught. I think so. So I'm I'm really curious to see how that's going to play out. Yeah, me too. Also, I'm also curious about this new, have you heard about the 15-minute city concept that Cleveland is entertaining? I have, thanks to you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, because if you guys aren't hip, I mean, 15-minute cities aren't a new thing. Basically, it's a design concept for a culture in which everything that you essentially need is either a 15-minute walk or a 15-minute bike ride away from your home, such as groceries, leisure, lifestyle, just gas stations, and things like that. It's also the idea that if everything is 15 minutes away from you, that you won't need a vehicle. It's also supposed to be a carbon, you know, help the environment type situation. And while that all seems good and all, it also gives me like Hunger Games District 1 through 19. Because <laughs> it's like, okay, where you live at would be technically your city. And you basically stay within these grid lines, but it feels like it could slowly turn into, okay, yeah, so we've decided you guys don't need cars, because what do you need cars for? You guys can just stay within your city, and then it seems like y'all see the movies where you got to (laughs) cross... You got to cross with your facial IDs through the uh, t- to get to to enter other districts. I just feel like it could just be conspiracy theory, me. But fifteen minute city sounds like they can turn into fifteen minute districts, if you ask me. Yeah. Um. When Bianca first shared this with me, I was definitely conflicted because when we talk about uh, accessibility within communities there are there are disparities like if you're familiar with the term food deserts it's actually fact that in some communities they don't have access to grocery stores you know within a certain mile radius or healthy food or gyms or even uh, child care facilities like some communities legit have none of those things and it's almost necessary for you to have a vehicle or use public transportation to make it out of your area so you can access these things so from that standpoint I do like the idea of a 15-minute city because I think we sometimes forget that we are fortunate you know what I mean to have vehicles mm-hmm. and to have the financial capacity to go further out to get the things that we need when we need it. But unfortunately, especially as the economy continues to look a little shakier and inflation continues to go up, the accessibility to things, unfortunately, is plummeting in the process. Mm -hmm. So from that standpoint, I like it. I feel like as long as they don't try to restrict people from leaving outside of their district or whatever they're going to call it, I'm I'm pro this idea. But I do think if it gets to the point where it's like, hey, everything that you need is here. So there's no reason for you to go anywhere else. And if you want to travel somewhere else, you got to submit, you know, paperwork or do all of this. I'm not for the idea. I think that's messed up. And I do feel like it could be a way of trying to control people. Right. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of on the, I'm kind of on the fence about it, honestly. 
Yeah. I mean, they are, it's already active in like Paris and they have some in like Ottawa, but they were all basically real big after coming back after the pandemic. So I feel like it's another way to try to reshape society as we enter back into a normal or quote unquote normal society. So yeah it's interesting i wasn't gonna bring this up but you see they uh bully isaiah washington into uh retiring from acting yeah that's what they said but i'm gonna be honest he always been giving me um the controversy that he had been attired. i'm like do he do this to himself well the only reason why i brought that up is because the idea of the 15 minute city is something that you do see in other countries i'm not gonna name them that are like communists and in his one of his twitter posts he basically said like i'm retiring i'm about to try to enjoy life before we enter into this period of socialism or com uh, communism yeah oh, that part yeah mm -hmm. and oh, i thought it was interesting that yeah he alluded to stepping away from acting because of you know all of the drama but also saying that he was about to try to enjoy things before, before yeah and I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> no, no. me either. <laughs> now, this actually wasn't on the list, but if you don't mind me just tossing it in real quick. Um, for those that aren't familiar, there is a designer, black designer named Brandon Blackwood, who really hit the scene with his handbags, specifically his in systemic racism bag. Like it happened, I want to say they launched around the time of, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and some really horrific things happening within the Black community. Um, and, you know, they caught on like wildfire, like his PR plan was on point. He had literally every major celebrity posting with a Brandon Blackwood bag. And since then, he has moved on to create clothing items we've seen serena williams tessa thompson like major celebrities wearing his brand and more recently he just announced that he about to have a, a shoe collection drop on march 17th did you see what? that i did not see that yes but the one that caught my attention is he has a heel called the joint heel I don't know. Can you see it? Hold on. Let me show Bianca, you guys. Oh, that's cute. And that's a, a, plus. a joint, a jo oh. the joint, the joint heel. Oh, that's a joint in the heel? Girl. Oh my God. I thought that was some lip gloss. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like, I want to say there are at least eight shoes dropping on March 17th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And one of them is the joint heel. So it's funny because in the comments, everyone was like, I just want to know if it's smokable. <laughs> like uh, the post said, all we can say is that she'll look smoking like wink face in the heel. Like, okay. I don't know. It was really, really cute. Um, It's a, they're really, it's a nice collection of shoes. There were several shoes that I thought looked really good. So just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, I think it's nice to see that he is transitioning into more than yeah. just handbags and it seems like it's the transition is going well for him which we know that don't always happen when I know. You, know, you try to get out of one lane we love to see expansion elevation growth <laughs> i'm interested though what if it's probably just hemp or something or like uh it probably tobacco 
But y'all know, if y'all listening, y'all like, you know, I feel like Bianca just deserves the nice things and I would love to gift her something. You know, don't sound cute. I would... <laughs> <laughs> no, the heel really, really is super, super cute. So um, March 17th, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, if you're interested, you can check out uh, the website to see all of the shoes that are dropping. But there are, really are some cute ones. Um, yeah. And there was not a price point drop I but was just gonna ask you that he so we don't have exact prices but he did recently do an article in which he said that he doesn't want to come out of the gate with a six hundred eight dollar eight hundred dollar right. shoe so I do think it will be affordable he said he wants to keep them within the same price realm as some of his bags so you know mm-hmm. that's honestly probably running price for a shoe now anywhere from like 80 to 150 bucks which is so crazy to me but okay well we gonna see all right and that is all i have for uh pop culture today oh that's a, well i do want to i could just add something since we just add and shit yeah um kiki farmer had made this cute little video where she was basically like single parents like i salute y'all because you know i'm only a couple days in and to have a village i know it's optional and i just want to say you know having a village is really does it is optional like you think that you have kids and everybody around you or close to you is gonna be like your village but it, your village be coming in so many different uh formats or versions or people that you don't even realize that you need it in your village and you know my daughter's birthday is coming up this week and people have been asking me like well what does she need what does she want like how can I help and knowing that I'm not gonna ask and I just wanted to say shout out to my village and I'm grateful for having a village it ain't a it ain't as big as I would like it to be but <laughs> <laughs> and get the job done <laughs> get it, it really does get it done and I'm just grateful for just the ability to have some kind of village because it's like the single mom she are okay yeah I love that take a moment to thank your village this week um, or you know this might be even a good point y'all know we love giving y'all a reflection assignment sit back and reflect on who is in your village currently because I think the, the interesting thing about the village is that it also changes throughout the stages of yeah. your life as well. Okay. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see how people can come and go and come back or how different people support you in different ways. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, okay, awesome. Well, on that note, we are going to close out this week's episode. If you made it here, thank you so much for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoy recording it. As always, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and rate our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartMedia, literally anywhere podcasts are streamed. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to tell a homeboy to tell a homegirl, drop us in a group chat. Do whatever it is that you got to do to just keep spreading this favorite podcast of yours. That's mindful BS. Yeah. And on that note, we will catch you guys next week. Bye.